and welcome to episode three of the Grace and Joy podcast. I'm still getting to grips with the podcast equipment in terms of recording and editing and using Descript, which is such a brilliant tool actually. And I'm going to produce the transcript with this one to see how that works. Okay, so I thought for this one I might read a blog post that I posted a little while ago, which is very relevant to the work I do. It's on being highly sensitive, or happy sensitive as I very much prefer, and it's looking at energy, intuition, and self-compassion, and also some resources that have been so amazingly helpful for me. I've never really liked labels too much because I I feel they can be quite confining and defining, almost a bit like a jacket that we wear and that there are too many stereotypes that go with certain labels. But when I did come across the term HSP, so a highly sensitive person, and also empaths and the power within introversion and being an introvert, I I did feel such a singing and a soaring and a happy yes inside and at last, at last, yes, this, this is relevant to me. Um, and these new people who I was finding out about, there was such a resonance and it did feel like a coming home because essentially who we are is not these labels, of course, but we do show up in the world with certain qualities, certain ways of processing and experiencing and loving what we love. And that's all fine. That's all wonderful. So initially, the blog post that I wrote was going to be about not being a dumping ground, actually, for other people's issues and energies anymore. And I actually typed the word crap, and I find it's so ridiculous, but I find it even hard saying that. Maybe it's my British sensibilities or my own innate sense as a person, but I didn't want any more to be the dumping ground for all this crap that was coming around from others. And yes, so just writing that word crap and saying it now, it's funny, it's just liberating. It's not even a big word. It's not even a a really bad word to say, but yes, that, that is what it is. But anyway, the post also changed a bit along the way. And it would be lovely to know if if what I'm going to say today in this episode, whether it resonates with you. And if it does, then please do let me know. So it's wonderful to know that others' issues, when energetically projected onto you, unconsciously often, and sometimes consciously too, they can be returned. They can be returned to the sender, so dumped into an imaginary rubbish bin perhaps that stands beside them, ready for when they're able to deal with their own energy later themselves. Um, I always get the image there of a kind of Bugs Bunny and Alma Fudd Looney Tunes bullet from a gun. So with Bugs Bunny, I can visualize it now where he's shot at, but the bullet is so slow, it's going at a really slow motion pace. And he then just reaches up and he turns it around in midair 
and it goes back to Elmer Fudd <laughs> and hits Elmer Fudd and knocks him over. Um, that's the kind of image I get when I see these energies, you know, these, it's, it's very typical, these energies, they're so visceral, but, but you can observe them from a deeper space and then turn them around, send them back to the sender. And for this, you need to stay really strong and centered and the witness to what's happening. And it can take quite a bit of practicing, but it works. And the more and more it works, the the better you get. And it just becomes a, a natural habit to the point then when you, you don't notice anything at all. It's happening, but it's not affecting you on any level, which is utterly liberating <laughs> and so you can also release any energies from your body so you can feel them their color their shape their texture and you can move them out flowing them down and through to the earth where they can be organically composted and transformed into goodness and i've also found since writing this blog post that qigong is another excellent way the gentle movement of shaking and composting down into the earth, back to Mother Nature, all for the greater good. So it's not a, a negative thing that you're doing, it's just letting go, and they get transformed into something beautiful that is nourishing for, the, for nature, they get composted back to love. So there are many self-compassionate ways to help the body release the physical aches and intense pains that these energies and emotions can create and, and it's, it's known now so much that energies are stored in the body they can be over generations you know and from past lives depending on what you believe and they can become an absolute habit they, they can take on such a control and it's nothing to do with the mind it's stored in your body, you know, the body keeps the score. So there are situations you might come across every day, at home, at work, even brief exchanges that can seemingly knock you out and zap your energy in a moment, leaving you feeling drained, confused and upset, and perhaps unsure why. Um, energy vampires is a term that's often used with this, and it is so fitting. There comes a time when you also have to extricate yourself from others' issues that have a long-term grip on you. And you realise the issues are still holding on to you because you are complicit in some way. There is some way you're allowing this dance to happen. And that's no way about blaming yourself or anyone really. It's just noticing this is happening. You're tuning in. There's an attraction there somewhere. And also the time comes to let go of others' limiting opinions and beliefs about you and the importance of staying true to your own vision. So you have to release the associated emotions and feelings from deep inside your body too. And then you find quite often that these were never your own feelings anyway, but they took up home and over the years you identified with them and they kept you hiding and very fearful. And that's self-perpetuating. And so the lack of self-esteem, the feelings of being bad, they belonged actually to the other person, but you took them on. You took on all sorts from other people from a very young age sometimes. 
struggling and feeling split with guilt, shame and a sense of responsibility for their load. As an adult, things have to stop being all about other people and it's a time to take responsibility for your own feelings, not others, and to find out who you really are, to stop abandoning your own looking and to come home to your own self and recognise the happiness that is here. It's not conditional on others and how they are with you or how they perceive you. And then you can release the past so that it's also not your present experience. You can honour and forgive in order to free yourself and others and then you are no longer a match to be triggered by them. Something in their behaviour is no longer highlighting a lack or a pain that you used to feel. Although this, the return to sender technique that I mentioned above, you know, still comes in very handy in the moment at times. And after a while, you can develop a very good narcissist radar too, or a radar for people who are energy takers or, or, or not resonant with your own energy. And so as long as you trust your intuition, your body will always alert you to all the warning signs and red flags in the environment around you. And you feel it very quickly on encountering someone like this. And so can then focus or leave or use a grey rock technique and feel stronger if you're just beginning this practice. And then you feel less attached and less vulnerable. And then you can also much later, perhaps years later even, wish them well. Um, this is easier with casual exchanges, but much, much harder with deep hurts from childhood and personal relationships. But this too may come, and we realise too that our essence never suffers or is hurt. The truth of who we are is deeper and beyond any of the stuff that goes on in our environment, even when it feels so much in our body. And that's something that I've come to discover to really know deep in my in my being and that's thanks to Muji and Eckhart Tolle and another Advaita Vedanta teachers. So to me it's been so important and helpful to recognize again and again as I felt also so deeply when I was so little that at essence we are simply but simply meaning so much we are life force, we are energy, a spark of consciousness and light, beingness, and all of us are that. And we are all the same infinite essence, all one life source on this planet. It's so unitingly clear to me, and this might seem quite woo-woo to others. So, and as humans in our lifetimes, we are also uniquely different expressions of this one essence. Just as waves on the sea are different from each other, but all the same sea, all the water, we are different human expressions of the same thing. And it is only when this is forgotten through growing up with societal conditioning, with family conditioning, ego ideas of who we think we are, etc, etc, that our different expressions become so divisive and separating. And it's only when we get further and further away from remembering our essential selves Believing we are only our different types of expression, our bodies, our ego ideas, then we experience anguish, breakdown, hostilities, war in the name of religion, politics, aggression, disorders, and situations of power, control, violence, and manipulation in everyday relationships. So from the micro to the macro. 
and ego energies forcing themselves onto others, knowingly or unknowingly. <clears throat> and if only we could remember who we essentially are, and also so wonderfully accept ourselves for our human differences, alongside knowing our essential oneness. Just imagine the ludicrousness of waves on the sea having a sense of ego or jostling to claim superiority as the right wave or the best wave and all return anyway and melt into the ocean from which they came and of which they were always constituted just as our life force energy. To go back to our human uniqueness and our individual expressions, like facets of this one diamond, as I said before, I've, I've never really liked labels, but when I heard about HSPs, empaths and the power within introversion, I did feel that singing and yes and soaringness and oh, at last inside, like a very warm, homely feeling. Um, and this certainly feels to be my expressive type as a being in the world whilst also knowing that the essence of all of us has no type at all, and it, it is just life energy. But this is how I express in this current incarnation as a human. And I can see now, um, and I have experienced, how sensitivity is such a strength and a gift. And I'm reminded of this every day, with the ability to feel deeply, with my sense of intuition and heightened senses, with compassion, thoughtfulness, attention to detail, dedication, empathy, wholeheartedness, gentleness, the ability to see all colours beyond the black and white in situations. Yet so often HSPs can be taken advantage of, treated really badly, abused, as a consequence of having these beautiful traits by others who are so far removed from who they really are that they cannot experience these feelings, but instead maybe full of a sense of entitlement, anger, grandiosity, superficial masks that they're wearing for their identity. They can be controlling, manipulative, bullying, and completely devoid of empathy. And yet often initially incredibly charming, flattering, and ingratiating, and very, very good at playing the victim. And every single one I have ever met has been destructively agonizing and tortured inside, in a constant battle of identity. And this is sad, and I think this was the hook that kept me stuck with a particular narcissist, as I could empathize in a way with this, with this struggle of not being able to express who we really are. Yet, what you realize with an absolute shock is that theirs is a manipulative game. There is no depth at all, and it's not real and they have no desire to change anyway. Um, they don't believe, why on earth would they? Why should they? There's nothing wrong with them. And it's always everyone else in the wrong. Everyone else, the stupid idiots, the morons, causing them this trouble. And so when you do care and empathize with them, giving so much love into a black hole, really, and it's never, ever enough, you will ultimately be treated terribly. And what's more, you'll be despised for what you're doing as well. And I've met many HSP friends over the last few years whilst exploring, learning and recognising the strength of sensitivity and coming out of my own difficult times and gaining courage. 
and also while starting to create my art business. And I'm so very thankful to them all. And you see the patterns arise time and time again. So a little bit about my awareness of being HSP and how this has created and informed what I do. So there's a definite connection between being HSP and my style of felting and painting and the poetry that I love. So the intuitive painting, the spirituality that imbues everything that I do. And also it's the way I approach my business. And I'm hoping to explore this further as I learn and experience more and more. So when starting, the name Rowena Scotney Feltings just chose itself and the association and pun was present, but I truly didn't realise it with being deeply felt, meaningful and an authentic expression. And it has become more and more apparent to me. So my, my personal name, Rowena Scotney, that's not really important to me, but the Feltings is because it's through this form of expression, in my case, that joy and colour and love of life that can be expressed, is a way of celebrating and being so grateful that I am alive as this life energy and my work is a kind of honouring of this and it doesn't have to be good necessarily but I'm so happy that others do enjoy it too and that it communicates something to them because I think at heart what it's communicating is, is something that's present in all of us you know this life energy when something's authentic it, it can't help but do that so the exploring of this and feeling brave as well and being more visible creatively only happened after many years of recovering and then thriving from life patterns that kept me stuck. And again and again, they were so destructive and upsetting with narcissists, bullies, alcoholics and abusers in my life. And also to go back to the beginning of, of this episode, What's great is that there does come a time when the projected energy from others doesn't even need to be returned to them. And as you see it, blowing around them almost, you know, it is who they are to an extent. It doesn't even need to be returned because it's like loose, windy and windy threads reaching but not coming close to you and you can witness and acknowledge the other person's issues and know that it's not who they really are anyway because it's not the essential who they are you can you know who they are they're essential being but all of the stuff that's whirling around them and in them you can acknowledge that that belongs to them and you remember it's not your job to be entangled in these winding threads or even to try to heal them. This is not kind to yourself or the other person in the long run. And of course, you never can heal them. That's something that they have to do themselves. Um, but it can keep us stuck, especially if we're kind, loving individuals and we, we want people, we can see their potential. We want them to shine their light because we can see it in them. But it's not something that you can force someone else to do and you can be very hurt in the process of trying to fix other people. Um, even if you don't, you're not really aware you're doing this, this is kind of what you're doing. You've got to allow people to be who they are. And also most significantly, you don't have to feel guilt 
or shame or that you failed somehow for that person anymore and that's huge because I felt so much for so many years I felt such guilt um, and I was terrified of creating that space between me and the other people and so many women in patterns of codependent narcissistic relationships they never escape the abusive nightmare and it is heartbreaking and I've seen women and I've heard other women in the 70s and 80s talk about this when they've now stepped aside and, and they now can see and wish they'd done it earlier um, you know how, how we become hollow shells and shadows of who we beautifully are it's just it's just traumatic to go through and to see in others. I'm still trying to find ways to be able to articulate this more clearly and I'm hoping to combine all of these issues somehow in the future, perhaps to help and encourage others too and together to shape resources and ideas together. So issues of thriving after narcissistic abuse and that might be with family members, it could be with romantic relationships or friendships or colleagues at work. So, yeah, so thriving after narcissistic abuse and also finding your joy. And that is always, always here, always here. Even if you can't, even if you don't believe it, it's always here. It is your essence. Also about setting healthy boundaries, full of self-respect and being an HSP, an empath, perhaps being an introvert and creating a business, being a mum, a single parent getting together and discussing all of these things, which is what this, amazingly, what this podcast I'm hoping will be all about. So exploring all of these issues, as well as art, poetry, healing, spirituality, all the things that are so beautiful in life and that weave their way through so much of what we do. So all of this will unfold in its own time, little by little and gently, and I can just feel it. I know it will. I hope this episode has been interesting and thank you for listening. And I really wanted to mention a few of the resources that I found so invaluable throughout my journey. I'll add these in the transcript at the end, but just to mention them here as well. So they are The Happy Sensitive, a wonderful, wonderful site and blog and so many free resources and also wonderful courses. Also the amazing Melanie Tonya Evans and her Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Programme. NARP as it's known to those who, who take it. It's just been transformative, an amazing, amazing quanta healing program that's just beautiful. And also a whole range of books that are just too many to mention here, but including Healing the Daughters of Narcissistic Mothers by Carol McBride, um, the Wellspring of Compassion by Sonia Connolly, beautiful, beautiful, gentle book, and other blog posts by Melanie Tonya Evans as well. So articles such as Parents Empowering Themselves for Their Children's Sake, 
and a fantastic interview with Melanie and Christian Northrup, an empath's guide to healing. So there's masses out there and many, many, many more. There's lots of resources on my website. I've got a specific page for resources that I've found really useful. And I'd be really happy to hear of any resources that you've found that have been really helpful for you. And I'll add those to my list and onto my website. So thanks again for listening to the Grace and Joy podcast with me, Rowena Scottney. And I really look forward to introducing some guests to you soon. That's all in the pipeline. And if there are any any things you want to say, any comments, please do contact me via my website. And please do subscribe if you liked this episode. Thanks very much. Bye.